time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. You know, sometimes you hear people talk about how you have to listen to your body, and it's usually because... You know, you, they see that you're suffering from something. Maybe you're too tired or maybe you, you look sick. And so people will say, hey, you, you've got to listen to your body. Maybe you need to take care of yourself. But what if our bodies have more information than that? What if our bodies have some knowledge place that we might want to access? Now, I can tell you as a self-confessed, uh, unaware person of my body uh, for a number of years, sometimes our bodies finally break through to us. I would say that for a lot of my years, for probably the first three decades of my life, I lived from the neck up. I I thought about things. A lot of that was because of my early uh, belief that uh, my body was not as important because I wasn't fit. I wasn't athletic like the other kids. I wasn't able to, you know, do things with my body. I wasn't able to control it because my body kept growing so fast. So I was very gangly. And so for a long time, I just kind of ignored my body until my body woke me up about 15 years ago with a pretty serious illness. What I've discovered since then has nothing to do with my body's health, although that's very important, but that there is something else that sometimes I can do to listen to my body for that intuition. And I think there's a place for all of us to learn more. So today I have the chance of talking with Antonia Van Becker and Greg Lee. They're the founders of the Self-Health Institute Incorporated. Their mission is to empower clients by healing the energetic blocks that are holding them back. And for 25 years, they've been working with entrepreneurs and business owners using their signature core talk therapy, which is how you ask simple questions and get life-changing answers that help people go from procrastination to profit. And they love helping clients get past overwhelm, procrastination, self-doubt, and chronic health issues so they can be a powerful presence and have the success they've dreamed of. Now, they've been together as partners since 1979. Their 40-year relationship imbues their healing practice with self-love, body-mind consciousness, and emotional or energetic balance and awareness. Antonio and Antonia and Greg's online courses include the Ultimate Self-Healing System, which teaches people how to communicate with their body's innate healing system to heal and transform their lives. They live their dreams in the wilds of West Marin, California. And today, as we have our conversation, Greg and Antonia talk to me about how people can listen to their bodies. We go through a process that they can use, a kind of a six-step process to keep us from being in reaction mode. So listen in now as I talk with Antonia and Greg about how we can tune into our bodies in a more powerful way. Greg and Antonio, thank you so much for being here. This is uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, conversation because we're really talking about getting away from all of those thoughts running through our head and and turning to our body. And so, Antonia and Greg, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to ask you how you got here, and, and you both have some pieces of that story. So let's start with kind of how you arrived at this place and your expertise, and then let's we're going to go back and talk about how that can be applied. So how did you get to here? Thank you, Lee. Well, first, thanks for having us on the show. It's really a pleasure. Uh, You know, it's an interesting journey when you go from, uh, as a kid, I was totally into nutrition and health. And at 12, I started doing body work. 
at a certain point, like around 24, 25, after we got married, I started thinking, I got to do something else instead of massage and energetic healing. They don't make enough money doing this. And that led to uh, a fun corporate job. But both of us were on this kind of corporate path. And and uh, for me, that led to a lot of stress and a lot of back aches and some some real uh, like chronic back pain. And uh, kind of towards the end of my my whole tenure in in corporate world, uh, I got very sick after a business trip. And um, that sickness was a, a really severe digestive problem that uh, after going to specialists and being tested and all kinds of stuff over a six month period, my doctor told me that there was nothing medically wrong with me, uh, which didn't make sense to me. So I threw the medications in the garbage and I remembered a woman who was a teacher in my uh, massage certification uh, training back in 1977, Priscilla Capellan. And she had started a, uh, a um, business of healing, and she called it bioenergy balancing. It was really interesting. I'd referred a number of people to her. I ended up on her table, uh, and she's, in our interview, she said, Greg, there's really something wrong with your pancreas. And, uh, of course, she was very intuitive. Uh, in that session uh, of 90 minutes, all of my digestive symptoms disappeared uh, in that one session, they were gone, never to come back. And I was incredibly intrigued. And uh, a couple of years after that, I left the corporate world. And uh, it, it was just obvious to me that that work was something that I wanted to follow. Uh, I ended up in her driveway, driving by her house. And and she was doing some some charts for something that she was going to put into a manual. And it was for class. And uh, she told me about the class and said, do you want to start? It starts in three weeks. And that was the beginning of a new journey and uh, really an exciting time. And that was 25 years ago. And now we've gone from uh, being apprentices for her and doing that work for many years and actually teaching other practitioners in a practitioner certification program to where we are today doing online courses about self-healing and uh, working with groups to really empower them to uh, know that their bodies are the healers and that they're the healers and that that body is going to give them incredible direction in life and vision and, and what to do next. Mm-hmm. And Tony, yeah. you probably got some other story too. So I, how did I you get into little... it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, my background was a little different than Greg's in that I came from a household that was a bit tumultuous with between alcoholism and drug abuse and suicide and things like that. And so when I was young, I, I didn't even realize I was having panic attacks and in the middle of the night and I never knew it, but I was always stressed out as a little kid. It sounds kind of funny. And I didn't realize it was normal to me, but as I grew up and during this time, part of what When Greg was talking about, we started having kids. I was working a long hours in a corporate job in Silicon Valley. And, uh, I was raking leaves. I was pregnant with our second kid. I was raking leaves and I got a blister on my hand and I was like, didn't pay any attention to it, of course. And the next morning I woke up and I couldn't really move my hand. 
And I was already on antibiotics for uh, bronchitis, which I got at least once or twice or three times a year for as long as I could remember. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I went out and I was doing my thing and I started feeling lightheaded. And I was like, wow, okay, so I'm going to go to my doctor's appointment early for this bronchitis. And I should, by the time I showed up in the office, I had a line, a red line going up my arm. So I had gotten blood poisoning and I had immediate, uh, you know, immediate issues with that. And I was eight months, eight and a half months pregnant at the time as well. So that was the point when, you know, we looked at what happened with Greg and this healing and I realized, wow, I really don't have control over what's going on with my body and everything that I'm doing and maybe shoving down from what has happened before, you know, I don't have a handle on this and I really need to look at this because this is dangerous, not only for me, but for my unborn child. And that's when we really decided to go for it with the healing work and move forward and help our family and, and help other people's families as well. So how did that line up? Where, where was that? You were getting this, uh, the, the, um, you, you raking that leads to a blood <laughs> infection and, uh, how did that line up with where you were, Greg, with uh, back pain, digestive issues? I mean, how how that coincide? It was right around the same time, right? It was almost it was... at the same time. <laughs> I think uh, enough. My, yeah, my, yeah. My, my, my back pain and all the digestive stuff was just a just a little bit later. Uh, we had had our first our second child, yeah. and uh, we had just also uh, moved to a new house, so things were a little complicated, and. Uh, it was a time when we were so busy with our corporate jobs that there was no vision. There was no perspective. There was no way of kind of being able to step back and saying, okay, what's our next move here? Cause we felt we were kind of stuck in the, in the move that uh, we'd made or, you know, that that was our, our, our family good stuff that was yeah. going on. But what we didn't really realize is that we were not on the path that we had chosen many years before. And, uh, it was starting to really show in our health and this just, we weren't, we weren't thriving. We were just working our butts off. Yeah. I, I think what, um, you know, that old saying of people getting the golden handcuffs at work where you have health insurance, you know, they pay for different things. You have good salaries, you have stock and all of that kind of thing. And we were there and we had just bought, you know, I guess our second house. And, and so in my job, I know I was working in high tech, training a lot of people, real uh, semiconductors. And I realized that it wasn't in my heart anymore. I didn't have any passion for what I was doing. I was good at it. I loved it. I loved helping people. I had actually turned this high tech job into helping people realize what their dreams were and then helping them actually exit the corporate world to find their dream job. And I was in high tech training. So that wasn't you know, in my scope at all, but that's kind of where I went anyway, because that was where my heart was, is to 
help people get to where they need to be so that they're thriving and feeling great about themselves. So if I just track this a little bit, at one point you were on a different path. As, as I heard um, for you, Greg, you were intimately involved with the physical. I mean, if you were doing body work with other people, you were hands on. Yeah. And <laughs> so you were uh, in, at, at least at that point, um, very aware of kind of the body and its mechanism. What I hear different, Antonia, is you and your your family, you learn to not notice your body's symptomology. That's right. Everything was shoved down, not allowed to really talk about it, not not allowed to be angry or upset or anything. So in some ways you came from this opposite places about, you know, the body being aware of it and, and worrying about what's going into your body, but also where it is for you, Greg. And then Antonio going, you know, don't pay attention to that anxiety stuff that's over here. And then you kind of diverged at a, or or converged at a place where you said, okay, all that stuff, we got to get busy with uh, life. Yeah. And then life told you maybe that wasn't quite the right path. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. We had a number of parallel things going on, in our life as we were going on this life that uh, had had some kind of inequities as far as uh, being able to really follow our path. We also love music and we write songs and our connection together was always through music. And I remember, uh, and I was a, actually a, a piano major in college and I was and, a vocal major and we met in choir singing. Yeah. And that's part of how the physicality mm-hmm. of expression and breathing really uh, came together for us is that we sang, we've sung together for 35 years, you know, solo voices and groups, you know, writing songs, expressing words that really express our deepest longings and desires. And so to have that physicality of the the breathing and singing together really kind of kicked off the whole getting into the healing arts and how, you know, it was a common thread between us even before our healing together started. Okay. So um, there, there's, there are these converging points. You came from, from a different place. Then you converged onto this path of, uh, corporate life and, and such. Then you both have, your body starts telling you, uh, each of your bodies start saying, Hey, this is not right. You're not in balance. Um, yeah. so a lot of people at that point would, um, figure out what pill do I need to take? Even if it's just covering the symptoms, um, get the antibiotics and go back to work and continue on. Um, sometimes there's something else that people go, wait a minute, this is, this is bigger than that. What was it that, that led you realize that, um, it wasn't okay just to recover from those episodes that you needed something else that you needed to make a a shift in your life? What was it that, was it a return to the path that you used to know, or was there something else that spurred you into what you're doing now? Well, one of the things that happened that made it very obvious to me, I, uh, I was in sales at a music software company and I was really good at it. I've, I felt like I saved the company every, every quarter at the end of the quarter with, you know, some massive sales that would happen. But I finally got a boss 
who was a real sales guy. So he was the brought in to be the VP of sales and, and really turn things around and bring our company public and all this stuff. And he called me into his office one day and he said, Greg, you're not really a sales guy. <laughs> you're and he, fired. And he, he gave me, he, he said he was going to give me six weeks to figure it all out. About two weeks later, I was uh, pulled into the uh, controller's office and I was told that my services were no longer needed. Now, if I were in the position where I felt like I didn't have anything, any other passions in life, this might have really thrown me. And it took me about two hours of kind of starting to clean up. And, and he came into my office after a couple hours and he says, Greg, you don't really have to do anything. You can just go. And within moments of saying goodbye to everyone and being on the road going home, I was elated. And this is going into, uh, you know, having a, a mortgage that uh, we're paying where we a need both of our, a new mortgage <laughs> where we're both paying, you know, with the salaries that we have. And so what? here, here I am, but I'm, I'm actually happy. This guy has done me a favor. It's like, I finally figured out or somebody figured out for me what I needed to do. So I just followed, I was just following directions. So you, yeah. you walk in the door and say, honey, guess what? Best news. I got fired. <laughs> and, and she kind of looked at me and with the incredible love and support that she's always given me, she said, so what do you want to do? And I remembered back to the time when uh, the day we after got, you paint the house, after you paint the house, <laughs> the new house, we'd be, yeah. So, but at our wedding, many years prior to that, like 10 years prior to that, uh, our uh, music teacher, my piano teacher was there and he said, Greg, so what are you going to do now? And what came out of my mouth was I'm going to do music and massage and healing. And he said, that sounds wonderful. So then I kind of went underground and it took really somebody revealing me in a way that I would not have revealed myself, which is this sales guy saying, you're not the one, you're out of here. And it really uh, made me play my hand, which was, wow, I am a healer. This is where I'm supposed to be. As soon as I made that decision to do that, the people came, the teachers showed up. It was quite amazing I'll just tell a little story if it, it's uh, kind of interesting. Antonia's mother had been going to a facial place, an esthetician, and there was a massage therapist who rented a room for, from her. And uh, Antonia's mom said there's a good massage. So Antonia, at that time, after I get fired, she buys me two gift certificates for massage with this woman. And the first time I thought, this is amazing what she does. And the second time I said, you know, I do massage and this is amazing. And she said, oh, well, I put the classes together for the teacher. He's going to be here in three weeks. Do you want to go through the class? And I was like, yes, I do. And uh, he was a, a master uh, Hawaiian Lomi Lomi teacher. And that just kicked off a whole uh, level of depth in, in study for me. And at the same time, it was just two weeks after I started that class that we started the bioenergy balancing class with Pr Priscilla Capel. So I had these two world-class teachers who totally took me under their wing. This, all of what they were doing seemed completely natural, as if I had been doing it all my life. And it was like a perfect restart where I got all of the direction and the methodology and this kind of step-by-step -step that I had never had before. And 
was probably the reason why I didn't really stick with it in my 20s because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have somebody who was leading and guiding and helping me to see what the next steps were. And now I had that. Yeah. So I guess the, the uh, crossover point, uh, that's how you kind of got the background of getting to here. And, and here is tell us a little bit about what you do exactly, because it sounds like um, some of those pieces were there, but y'all put them together in a different way for how you approach things. So can you kind of in a nutshell talk about um, how you approach? Uh, well, first of all, what you do approach, what what people are coming for. Um, and how you uh, work and, and kind of your methodology, your thought process in that. Yeah. So it's interesting. In our one-on-one practice over the years, we would get people referred to us. Almost everything that we did was by referral where a client would say to a, a friend, these people were able to help me with these food allergies or with this digestive problem that I had or migraines, whatever. the, And it was almost always physical symptoms And what would happen when those people would come on our table is the physical symptom. We'd talk about it, but that was just a symptom of a deeper core issue. Mm -hmm. So it was always those deeper core issues that we would address energetically through the body. It's like the body, it has, it really does have an owner's manual. You just have to, to know what page to turn to in history to see kind of where that owner's manual lives. And it really is well-developed in the traditional Chinese uh, medicine methodologies. So what we do uses the body's energetic roadmap of these meridians that the, that the Chinese developed an understanding of. We have to understand this stuff didn't start with an understanding. Our bodies, this is just how they work. They have these energetic systems that are constantly healing us. And when we can tap into the body's uh, communication system that is communicating with our brain and kind of the way that we, that we see people, the way that they come along is they have experiences. Those experiences create either good things or not so good things in their lives. They go on and try to make things okay. When things aren't amenable to them and they're not okay, then they wonder what's wrong, why they can't get their work done, why they can't focus, why they're having bad relationships. And it's all those life things that are causing the physical symptoms, the chronic disease. And that's what is really fun and kind of different about our work is that obviously every single person is a unique individual and every single body has its own unique voice. It has opinions. It ha- it knows everything about your life, what you've been through, what has happened to you, how you react, what you like, what you don't like. And it is highly willing to tell exactly what to do to help solve some of these core issues. And that's what we are really expert in is talking to bodies and, and most bodies so much want to talk to us. So we engage in a conversation. Yes. No questions with the body using applied kinesiology. We get direct answers. We don't intuit answers. We get direct yes and no answers from each body. And we follow the directions of the body about where it wants to go in the past 
or in the present, what it wants to heal, what it wants to work on. And we work on those things specifically, then clearing out the energy through the meridians and the chakra system in a nutshell. That's a, that's a big nut. There's a lot under that nutshell that you just yeah. you covered, um, which I find to be interesting because um, I, I'll speak for myself. Um, I spent a lot of my life, I think, living kind of from neck up, you know, just what was going on in my head and ignoring what was going on in my body. Um, and so I think my um, experience work, working with people is the vast majority of people. There are some people who have uh, a lot more contact with their body. The kind of kinetic learners uh, have a lot more mm-hmm. capacity for that than I certainly did. And um, and I think that that is much more common in, in kind of the Western world to be detached from our bodies. Yeah. Um, sometimes we've been shamed about our bodies, whether you know it's about sexuality or, in my case, I was a very gangly uh, uncoordinated kid who, you know, was told you're not an athlete long enough that I went, oh. okay, I'm not an athlete. So I'll just, uh, you know, and, and I, I will just use my head to get right. where I can get to. Um, and I think most people find that there comes a place when the body goes, yeah, that's enough. Mine was uh, 15 years ago when I got sick. And that was kind of a turning point uh, for me to go, okay, I've, I've not been noticing that I was out of shape putting junk in there, not resting well, you know, all of that, um, which makes me very interested in um, hearing from you how to reconnect with the body, how to start listening again. So let's talk a little bit about how people might be able to do that. And I know you have a tool for people. We're going to talk about it that at the end, um, or actually, I think three tools for people to get access to. But let's talk a little bit about um, what are the starting points? What do you, what would someone need to understand basically to begin to reconnect and start listening to their body? Yeah. Thank you so much. That since that's our absolute favorite topic under the sun. So when you find yourself in a situation, we, we get home or at work, there's difficult people t- that we have to deal with or difficult situations that we come into And what that, those are the tipping points for us in our lives. Those are the parts when things come up that are so hard for us to manage. And so the first thing that we suggest everyone do and that we try and do, we're not always successful, we're human, is when something happens that's disturbing, stop. Try not to react, just stop in your tracks and take a breath. Take one in and out, and then feel how you're feeling. Are you angry? Are you scared? So many times things scare us, not necessarily because what is exactly happening in the moment, but many times because of what that's associated to in our past. Fear is the biggest reaction that we have seen from people on a moment-to-moment basis. So you stop, breathe, and feel. And say, and even go and actually maybe go into your body, go below that neckline and go feel, oh, how is my, is my heart in there? How is my body feeling? Am I breathing fast? How, what am I doing? And then if you can connect with 
how you feel. Am I afraid? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Then you say, and what am I thinking about this? Was that a, oh, you're an idiot that just flew by my brain cells? Is that a, oh, just shut up. You're not worth listening to that just flew by my brain. Try and slow those thoughts down so that you can actually witness what is going through your brain. Then take another breath and compose your response. Compose the response that you, your higher self, your better self, your better half, your angel on your shoulder would like you to have. Your mom would like you to have. <laughs> what is the best higher path response can you have? And take a breath and do your best to have that response. Okay, so this isn't just um, take a breath and calm down. <laughs> well, that's a starting point. <laughs> that's a starting point. But you're taking it beyond that to try to uh, reconnect with feelings. So um, you talked early on about, Antonio, about your experience and your family. There was so much anxiety that being anxious, having anxiety attacks was just normal. And yeah. so it didn't register. Um, so in some ways you had to uh, normalize that for yourself. And I think there's a lot of people who would agree that they do that too. Yeah. So how do you... Um, how do you get in touch with that feeling? What What are the places where you can, um, if I want to feel how I'm feeling and my initial response is I'm feeling nothing, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm breathing, but I'm breathing through my chest and, you know, I'm not relaxing and I'm feeling nothing. So I'm thinking nothing. So it must be okay for me to <laughs> just react. Where are the beginning points to start uh, reconnecting with that emotional world? So I think f especially for people that are very used to reacting in their heads and being in their heads, maybe it's a lot easier to start with thinking about witnessing how you're thinking and witnessing the thoughts that are going by in your mind and registering what those thoughts are. So are they, God, I'm the coolest person in the world. Why doesn't that person love me? I'm doing the best thing. Maybe not. Maybe it is that, shoot, I messed up. You know, some of those thoughts that uncensored go through our brains that are deeply wounding over and over and over again. And those are the thoughts that you want to become conscious of because when then you look at those thoughts and you're like, I don't really actually feel that way now at a certain level, you know, or I know that really shouldn't be true now. And then you think, okay, but where did that come from? Why am I thinking that? And then maybe you remember something that happened in the past and maybe you remember when that happened, and maybe you can remember how you felt when that happened. And then maybe you can bring that feeling, that memory of that feeling, and feel whether 
it connects to how you're feeling now. So for thinking people going through the head into the body is, is much more, is much more easily accessible than trying to feel the feelings that maybe you haven't felt in a long time, connecting with the past and remembering how something felt joyous or sorrowful, and then bringing that forth into your life today and say, Oh yeah, that's, I'm feeling that, you know, and starting to really reflect, Oh, I'm, I'm happy or, Oh, I'm bummed out. I'm mad. I'm pissed off, you know, and just really bringing that up and, and verbalizing how you're feeling and verbalizing those thoughts that are going through your head as well, slowing down that train that sometimes a train wreck through your conscious or an unconscious brain and slowing it down so that you can hear those recordings that have been going on and on for decades so many times that we need to stop and hit delete, you know, and be able to get those out of our bodies so that we can move forward in a happier way. So if I hear correctly, a big piece of, uh, of this beginning point is um, taking an observational stance, um, and, which is kind of interesting because I think most of us grow up with some judgment attached to both our thoughts and our feelings. And so yes. uh, many of us carry a message that we can't feel what we're feeling, that what we're feeling is wrong or um, dangerous, that what we're thinking is wrong or dangerous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, then we start judging ourselves on feeling like, oh, I'm feeling angry, so I must be bad. Um, I'm feeling yeah. uh, some other emotion, um, some attraction or whatever it might be that some, something's wrong with me rather than, oh, that's a feeling. Um, and I'm having these horrible thoughts. So something is wrong with me. Your stance is saying the feelings there connect with that and understand it re versus respond to it or, or react to it, I guess is a better, you yeah. don't have to react to the anger yeah. to see that it's there, nor do the thoughts shooting around all have to be uh, accepted as truth or helpful. Absolutely. And in fact, I would, I would venture to say that the majority of our unconscious thoughts on a second to second basis are generally not so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and many times not really true of what actually happened. Yeah. It's just yeah. our observation of what happened. And what, what's really interesting about emotions and how they live in our brain and how verses live in our body is that as we go through our experience and we have emotions, those emotions are created in our brain and then they're actually taken into our body through these energetic meridians. And the meridians, different meridians reflect different emotions. For example, the liver and the gallbladder uh, meridians, they reflect rage and frustration and anger. So what's neat about the body is it holds all of the information of our experience just waiting for us to ask it how that felt, how it feels in conjunction to what's happening now in life, and what to do about it. So that's kind of where we really go for the, the, the bank of information of how to, to selectively uh, look at what's happened so that we're not just stuck in the experience, but we're actually able to use the experience as a healing tool. 
and not as a part of your your stuff that's a, it's much more sophisticated than what we have, have just talked about but even the breathing part what does that do with the energy the meridians how does our breathing affect our meridian energy source yeah it's so interesting because our breathing is autonomic it's automatic when we go into watching ourselves breathe our body actually goes into this uh, mode where it says I am now in homeostasis. You're breathing and allowing me to bring myself into balance. And I notice, brain, that you are watching me breathe. So now we are kind of in alignment with each other. And I'm starting to be able to tell you that things are okay, even though you're racing and looking like things are either scary or you're mad or something's going on that, you know. But that's the body telling the brain. The body telling the brain. You know, it's really okay. If you just watch me, I'll show you that we can relax and and that things are okay. And that will allow you then a, uh, a place to go. So brain can now say, so body, what is it that's going on here that you're trying to tell me? How are you reflecting my experience right now? And does this relate to something that happened in the past? So as we develop and and with our clients and our students, we develop this way, these tools of being able to ask the body specific yes, no questions. And it gives us the answers. And not only that, it tells us what meridians this energy is stuck in and from what time, if you want to find out the exact ages, but it's not so much about the story. It's about the feelings and how the experience in life right now is reflecting upon those past feelings and how we're being influenced by things that happened when we may not have had the tools to deal with what's going on now. Yeah, because really the brain, the brain's job is to keep us safe and it will do that at any cost. If a situation looks dangerous or it looks like you might get yelled at or you might somebody, you know, might, uh, think badly of you or anything, the brain will be like, don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. Hold the phone. Don't write that email. Don't, you know, don't reach out to anyone because it's much safer just to be right here by yourself, you know, and, and not putting yourself out in harm's way. So it's acknowledging, and that's another part I love is being able to talk to the brain versus talking to the body and hearing different responses and how they are not always aligned and then how to get them together so that they're working together to, you know, your monkey brain can say, oh, body, right, I get it. Okay, I'll try and follow what you're saying, but you know how I am. And the body's like, okay, if you can breathe and if you can remember that you're good right here, right now, everything will be a lot easier. And that's where the breath really comes in is to bring you into that homeostasis, brain and body. And it's like just the trigger of allowing yourself to remember, oh, yeah, if I just take a breath right now, maybe that'll help. (laughs) And it just gives you that moment. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to throw you a curveball. Yay. (laughs) Um, Because I've had some conversations with people who, first of all, uh, you know, I'm trying to help them get in touch with their emotions. And so what they take away from that is, oh, I've got to trust my gut. 
And so then they'll tell me what their gut is telling them. And I put that in quotations, what their gut is telling them. And what they tell me their gut is telling them is um, so counterproductive, dangerous, or off kilter. Um, and yet we've just had a conversation about, you know, reconnecting with our body. How, how do you, when, when you hear that, trust your gut, how would that be different than listening to your body? Well, I mean, and that is, that's part of the, the burgeoning self-awareness that we're all trying to get to, right? Because realizing that the brain has a voice, the body has a voice, the soul, our soul, the long-term soul has a voice. The gut, sometimes that could be instinct. That could be intuition. It could be ego misinterpreted. So what we find is really important is really just start tracking. Start tracking your brain. Start really trying to track what your body says and one of the tool, one of the tools that we teach is how to use a pendulum to do applied kinesiology or muscle testing to have a dialogue with your own body. And that's one way that we talk about in our, in our gift to everyone is how to connect to yourself so that you can say, body, is that you talking? Is that you telling me to go jump off the cliff like the other guys are doing? You know, or is that my brain talking, you know, or is that, is that actually my uncle who was a crazy dude who was a favorite of mine, but he kept telling me to, you know what I mean? You really have to check into where is that voice coming and is that actually my gut or who, who's talking here? Who's, who's, uh, holding the show is it an outdated belief that's running the show? Is it your brain, your monkey mind? Or is it your the body that incorporates your heart and your soul and your entire energetic system? That's a great answer. I, instinct and ego are, I think, what people often default to without thinking of uh, finding a way of getting in touch with that intuition. Okay, so you mentioned uh, this gift. So what... Um, first of all, this is probably the best way for people to contact you. So let's just say, I usually ask, what's the best way to follow up a little bit? And I think a, a good follow-up or a great follow-up point is to find some tools and test. And if you go, oh, hey, that connects with me, that could lead you uh, to further conversation. So uh, tell us a little bit about the gift and where people can find that. Yeah, so the gift is called Three Powerful Ways to Tap Into Your Body's Wisdom. And it gives them, you know, these three ways that are, that are very basic but very powerful and uh, gives you some instruction in how to do that and how to use it in a daily setting or whenever you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So they can get those uh, by going to www.selfhealth, that's S-E-L-F-H-E-A-L-T-H, selfhealthinstitute.com forward slash gift. And there they can download uh, that document. And uh, we actually have a, a surprise that goes with that that you'll see when you when you download that. Uh, we have a little little video of us just telling a little bit about what you've uh, already heard some of about us. But uh, you can also do a consultation with us from that video page. and A rapid relief healing session. Yeah, it's, yeah. so it's like free time with us. 
which is uh, pretty, pretty valuable. That's, that's a good price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. So thank you so much for offering that. Uh, so um, that tool, the three powerful tools, uh, or that document that will give you all of those, that resource, uh, you can find it self-health, H-E-A-H-E-A-L-T-H. So not self-help, but self-health institute.com slash gift. Um, that's uh, going to be a valuable thing. So if this has made some sense and you're saying, yeah, I've got to either connect with my body more, reconnect with my body or go deeper than I have before, this would be a great starting point. Um, Antonia, Greg, thank you so much for offering all that you have. And um, I look forward to further conversations with you. Thank you're you welcome. so much, Leo. It's great being here. Really been thank a pleasure. You. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being here. Listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.